you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 35 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome Tom Hiscott back to the Ram mm. in the centre of Bath. It's probably well, it's going to be the last time for a while that we get to see each other face to face. We'll be back on the phone. Um, but, um, well, it's been another interesting weekend, isn't Indeed. it? We're, we're looking very busy today, Tom, because, yeah. um, well, we've, we've certainly got a, a lot more fixtures coming up yes. in this week's podcast to preview than we have to talk about. <laughs> but in fairness, we do still have plenty of football to talk about. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. I and mean, I've got a cold. <laughs> plenty of games went ahead. Only a couple postponed, which has been better than the last last month or so. And yeah, I mean, obviously our backlog means we are catching up somewhat. And yeah, looking ahead to the fixture fixture lists, and they are yeah um, rather full. And yeah, lots of well, some of our clubs have still got. I mean, effectively about a quarter of a season to play, haven't they? So <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyway, we've got plenty of football coming up, which I think you know is is a, yeah. hopefully a good thing. But mm. I think we can all do without any more postponements. He yeah, said, looking at looking at the rain falling in the centre of Bath. Yep. Right then, we'll start by looking at the fixtures starting on Thursday the 5th of April. And um, uh, we're in the first division and we're at Chard Town. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And there was a one-all draw between Chard uh, and Ashton Backwell. Uh, it was James Boyland striking 20 minutes from time to, to claim the draw for the home side uh, after Miles Hardridge had uh, put Ashton Backwell ahead. So yeah, a one-all draw there between Chard and Ashton. Now, as we look ahead to the weekend's fixtures, which were uh, on Saturday the 7th of April, and we're going to start with the, the Les Phillips Cup, although not quite as many, um, not quite as conclusive in the quarterfinals as we were, we were hoping, because, of course, Buckland and Brislington yet again fell yeah. fail of the... Um, of the uh, of the April showers, I've got a feeling that um, I mean Buckland might might even might not get the chance to play their quarterfinal before they play the final. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, I know it's having a knock-on effect elsewhere, obviously, because um, Cup matters uh, yeah, push push league certainly games back. Obviously, Buckland have got <laughs> a fair few fixtures to catch up on. I'm pretty sure Brisington have still got something like 12 games still to play. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, unfortunately postponed again, but yeah, a bit another chance hopefully. Well. <laughs> Bridport um, were scheduled to take on Chapter Mallet, which did go ahead. Mm-hmm. However, it didn't go ahead in the ground that nope. it was anticipated in going ahead. Yeah, great, great stuff that they managed to get it flipped. I mean, obviously Bridport uh, unable to host uh, on Saturday afternoon, but Chapter Mallet stepped up, and I know I think it was announced about half tenish in the morning. So yeah, brilliant work by the clubs to agree that and everyone involved, and um, oh, certainly a. Fantastic game for the for the fans that did turn up. 83, which is pretty good at short notice. Uh, a two-all draw uh, after full time. Uh, it then went to, to extra time. And I mean, talking of normal time, uh, Bridport twice going ahead, uh, but Shepton Mallet never never dying down. Uh, and in the 89th minute, uh, they managed to get the equaliser, which took it to two-all. Tyson Pollard converting a penalty. Uh, and a goalless uh, extra time period was then followed by penalties. Uh, and it was Tom Easterbrook. Uh, he saved three penalties uh, in the Shepton Mallet goal. Uh, four in Bridport's attack I think both teams only took four penalties so that shows how well he did uh, and yeah uh, Shepton Mallet through to the semi-finals take on Bridgewater uh, a 3-1 win on penalties yeah and uh, it's the home away side if that makes any sense who go for it yeah we, I mean we should <coughs> creditable mention it at Bridport Absolutely. I mean Bridport have had horrendous fixture mm. cancellations themselves obviously they chose to bite the bullet and yeah. play that game which was rightly theirs to host at home mm-hmm. and all the revenue that would have gone with that Absolutely. not least to say 
say the home advantage. They gave that all up, yeah. uh, and um, Shepton have, have been the victims, uh, the victors mm. there. But uh, now we take our hats off to, yeah. to Bridport because that was a that was a brave thing to do. And I think desperate times sometimes call for desperate measures, yeah. don't they? And we, I mean, whether or not we see that sort of thing mm. um, before the end of the season, that will be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we'll move into the Premier Division now, and we start with Bitten. They were at home to Bridgewater Town. They were, and it was a three-one win for Bitten. So Bridgewater suffering a bit of a, a tough, tough, sticky patch at the moment. Uh, Joe McLennan uh, and Ben Lewis handing a bit in a two-goal advantage break at the break. Uh, Ibrahim Diallo then making it three-nil from the spot uh, before Bridgewater did get uh, a goal back 20 minutes from time uh, through top scorer Jack Taylor. But yeah, it was a little, too little, too late, and uh, Bitten running out three-one winners there. Yeah, I mean Bitten. When we spoke to their manager earlier in the season, I remember him telling me that their home form wasn't um, all that he wanted it mm-hmm. to be. Bridgewater, we know, are a good side, so actually that was a creditable win yeah, there for, for Bitten at home. Bradford Town, now in recent weeks, they've been having a little bit of a wobble and and, um, and not having the best of luck, but um, certainly a, a welcome return to good fortune for them in their home game against Halland. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a 3-0 victory for Bradford. Uh, now up to second in the table, uh, going to other results. Uh, and it was two goals from Sam Jordan, uh, either side of a Karen Randall header, uh, yeah, that led them to a pretty pretty easy, I'd say, uh, 3-0 win at home to Halland. Chipping Sudbury Town, they were at home to Wellington. Yeah, another home winner, uh, and there was late drama there. Uh, George Box uh, opened the scoring uh, after just 11 minutes to put Chipping Sudbury ahead. Uh, Wellington did get back on level terms, uh, but then two minutes into second half stoppage time, so it looked like it was heading towards a draw, but Box uh, stepped up again. Uh, yeah, 92nd minute winner, uh, yeah, handing Chipping Sudbury all three points. Now, this was a game I think you called out last week mm. on the podcast. Uh, Longwell Green Sports against Cadbury Heath. The second largest attendance of yep. the day, um, but the home fo- fans will not have gone home happy. No, indeed. Cadbury Heath uh, in 18th, Longwell Green in 19th going to this game. Uh, and it was the 18th place, Cadbury Heath, uh, who, who ran out 4-0 victory, so a pretty big win for them. Uh, Matt Huxley scoring twice uh, for the visitors, uh, and also goals from Simon McElroy and Sasha Togga. They've got a pretty good forward line. I mean, I know fixed of um, piled up for them so that's probably a reason they're a little bit lower than they possibly should be but they've got some uh, strikers there who uh, when informed can certainly live with, with some of the best ones so yeah uh, Cadbury running out 4-0 winners Well I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast Andy Black the manager of Cadbury Heath uh, we spoke to a different manager of, uh, of Cadbury Heath earlier in the season Andy but we did speak to you last season so it's very nice to have you back so how come you found yourself back in the uh, in the dugout? The, the committee was concerned about uh, the results and the performance levels of the, the squad. And um, so obviously um, the chairman asked me would I take, take the job on to the end of the season, which I, um, I said I would. I mean, you find yourself 18th in the league, um, but it would be fair yes. to say that you've played quite a few games less than a lot of the teams um, around you. I know that that wasn't where the club... Um, hoped that it would be at this time of the season. I think you were you were you were reasonably ambitious, certainly for a top half um, finish. So, um, I mean, you're not in great relegation trouble. I mean, is the remit really to just sort of you know steer the club clear for the rest of the games? I think that's um, that's a target. Yes, that's a target. Obviously, um, we felt for Rob because he was doing a good job, but uh, in management you've got to have a bit of luck, and I didn't think Rob had much luck. In the, in the latter months of, um, and he, he couldn't buy a win and he got into a situation where you know we were playing okay but losing and, and um, sometimes you just can't get out of a hole once you're, you're dug in it 
No, football is a cruel mistress. You know, from going to a situation where you couldn't buy a win, well, you certainly bought one at the weekend, didn't you? A thumping 4-0 win against Longwell Green. You must be very pleased. Yeah, yeah, it was a great, you know, obviously I know a lot of the players anyway because I, I've managed most of them over the years anyway. But, um, yeah, it was a good performance. You know, I, I made a few uh, sort of deadline signings. Um, uh, I didn't have much time, a couple of days when I... Uh, took the job, so we had to move quickly. We brought Matt Huxley back from Oldland. Um, we brought goalkeeper Dan Wharton uh, back to the club, and we bought we signed um, Brad Abrahams on. Who, um, Brad's um, been playing for Yate and Mangusfield, and he hasn't played much this year. He's uh, just bought a new house, so we bought Brad in Saturday, and it gave everyone a lift because there were three players come into the starting lineup and uh, all perform adequately well. Well, you, you've certainly had a, a, a positive reaction, but um, a positive reaction is what you're going to need, isn't it? Because um, you've got games coming up against Willand, Bradford, Buckland, and Melksham. I mean, you're uh, you know you could actually see yourselves having uh, a say in the race for second. I mean, that, that's quite quite lofty opponents there. I mean, it'd be an interesting time for the club. Yes, it will. It will. And you know, when, when we can get our uh... I think we can give um, uh, anyone a, a run for their money, but um, you know the likes of Bradford, Melksham, and, and Willand are probably you know um, in a far better position than us because they, they've um, been consistent over nine months, and, and we haven't been consistent over nine months. And blue tables don't lie, so we, we've got a lot of work to do. We know that the squad's not strong enough; it, it does need strengthening in the summer, but obviously. We'll come to the summer at the end of uh, the season, which could be well into the middle of May, the way the weather's going. So, um, you know, we need to evaluate it then. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm glad you raised that question because, frankly, um, by my calculation, you've got about a quarter of your season's fixtures to yeah. play in, 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 in less than a calendar month. So, I mean, what sort of a challenge does that pose for you and your squad? Well, it's quite ludicrous, really, and I've never known nothing like it. We're playing Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and we've still got two games to fit in in the next three weeks, so it's going to be very demanding. I mean, for maybe one, some games we'll be playing like a scratch side, you know what I mean? Because not, we're, not, we're not the only team in the situation. There's quite a few teams in this situation, but I'm afraid we've got to get on with it. So you've got Bradford Town up next. That's at home, and then yeah. um, uh, and then a game but against. Thursday. Yeah. Well, Saturday. Yeah. Home Saturday. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a busy week. Um, for oh you. yeah, it's going to be a busy week. Yeah. It's you know it's an opportunity obviously for um, for you to you know for you to build on that good result from um, from the weekend. So I mean it's it's a positive as well as a challenge, I suppose. Yeah, very much so, very much so. You know, um, when you're a player, as well as you're a manager, you always look to play top sides and, and try and raise your game. You know, and, and we'll, we'll try that Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday. Hopefully we can uh, get a couple of points in the next uh, free game where we're playing two sides, Woodland and Bradford, who are in the top four. So it's going to be tough, tough ask for us, but we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. Absolutely. Um, you've obviously got... And both eyes on the end of the season, but clearly Cabri Heath are a team that you're, you know, you're very well as associated uh, with. So, I mean, with a view to yeah. next season, um, have you got any aspirations for how you'd like to see the club develop um, from this position going forward? Well, we've got we've got a lot going on off the pitch. You know, we're looking to build a new clubhouse and a new change rooms on the halfway line. 
you know, in the next two years. So there's there's a lot, you know, once we get that in place, we'll, we'll have a lot better facility at Springfield to, to move the club forward. But like I said, um, in the season, we'll, we'll sit down and we'll talk and we'll see which, which way is the best, the best way for the club to go forward. Well, clearly you're a great club man, Andy, and um, I'm sure in whatever capacity the club see fit, you will be there supporting the team on and off the field next season. Yeah, thank, very much, sir. thank you very much for taking the time um, to speak to the podcast, and good luck for the rest of the season. Now, plenty of goals mm-hmm. uh, at Odd Down against Cleveland. Not too many spectators, but plenty of goals. Yeah, and I hope they stayed to the end because there was a lot. I mean, late drama at the ridings, but there was definitely late drama here. Uh, Cleveland 3 0 up after an hour. Uh, Lucas Vowles, Tyler Ashmead, and then Saiku Chane pretty much putting the game beyond doubt. Uh, but then Odd Down, a couple of excellent substitutions. Carl Norris, first off uh, from the bench, 83rd minute, he got them back into the game. Uh, and then a couple of minutes later, Jake Sinclair uh, scoring his first goal for the club, uh, made it 3 2. And then in stoppage time, another stoppage time uh, goal, and it was Adnan Hiroli heading home. Uh, the keeper was up from the corner, uh, and it was but it was Hiroli who headed home, as I say. Uh, yeah, and a three-all draw for Adnan, a terrific point for them. Now, the next game, um, arguably for many the game of the day, <coughs> certainly a clash um, at the top of the Premier Division, mm. the, the Western League's equivalent of Manchester City <laughs> against Manchester United in many respects, considering the gaps that both of those teams Absolutely. have respectively in their leagues. But, um, well, Melksham weren't able to do what Manchester United no. did on Sunday, were they? I, no. I had a suspicion that Melksham could have upset mm. the, the party. Yeah, unfortunately, Paul Pogba not, not appearing for Melksham. No, but uh, John Davis was. Ah, well, there we go then. Yes. But unfortunately, yeah, as I say, unable to turn it round. Uh, Street winning 2-0 uh, in front of a very healthy crowd. Uh, yeah, continuing their march towards the title, uh, which looks yeah, pretty much wrapped up now. Uh, going ahead after just seven minutes through Josh Wadham, uh, and then late on, uh, so add some gloss to the scoreline, it was Jake Morford. So, yeah, 2-0 win for Street. Uh, Melksham dropped down to fourth, I believe. Yeah, I mean, Melksham, a team certainly having a, having a wobble mm. in the last couple of weeks but Richard Fay you know I don't think I'm running out of superlatives for the street manager because he is um, they are ruthlessly efficient aren't they 22 league wins in a row I think 22 I league wins so. in a row and, and actually now having got Melksham out of the way um, I mean, and they disposed of Bradford recently yeah. as well. It, you know, you can see them going to the end of the season yeah. um, and that run continuing. I mean, I've jinxed them now. So, uh, anyway, I apologise yeah. for that, Richard. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, my hat's off to them because mm. really an extraordinary, yeah. extraordinary um, outfit. And, um, I mean, we had uh, Ray Johnson on last week and he was basically saying how he felt that Street were the complete unit yeah. and, the, you know, the greatest um, um, compliment he could pay them, with, that, 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 as, you know, as individuals. They become better as a unit, which I think is a sign not only of a great team but but also great management as well. Anyway, that's enough of that. Um, Will and Rovers, they were um, in good form at home to Cribs. Yeah, they were. Uh, a 3 2 win for Will and it was a tight one. Uh, they left it late before, before getting this win. Uh, goals at the start of either half from Brett Warby had twice given the home side uh, the lead, but Cribs, to their, uh, their credit, did fight back. And Dan Spicer and Sam Isles uh, both getting visitors, uh, but it was then late on. Aidan Moyle, I believe, he scored last weekend as well uh, in similar circumstances he popped up with a winner uh, yeah and it was uh, Willem who ran out 3-2 winners Bo-
Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Tool Station. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Tool Station website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Tool Station. Your best mate for the job. Now then, moving down into the first division, Ashton and Backwell United, they took on Devizes. Yeah, another draw for Ashton after the one in midweek. Uh, they did stage a fight back, however. Uh, they were 2 0 down, uh, uh, thanks to goals, well, following goals from Jay Walters and Tom Slater for Devizes. Uh, but then Will Manning uh, popped up with a brace, and yeah, so it ended Ashton 2, Devizes 2. Bishop Sutton, they were at home to Almondsbury. Yeah, unfortunately, um, not the greatest performance from the home side. Uh, Almondsbury, 4 0 victors away from home. Alex Bisp scoring twice uh, for them, uh, and also goals from Ashley Knight and Greg Park. Pretty comfortable win for, for Almondsbury. Chard Town, they entertained Westbury United. Mm, uh, yeah, bit of a bit of a grudge grudge match this one, and it ended in a draw. Uh, yeah, finished one all there. Uh, after just three minutes, Max Westlake put Chard ahead, uh, but Westbury obviously pushing for pushing for promotion. They managed to get a point uh, 20 minutes into the game. Mark Robinson scoring their equaliser, and yeah, that was how it stayed. A one all draw there between Chard and Westbury. Caution Town, they took on Cheddar. Yeah, Cheddar doing well to, to end the season. A 2 0 win for them away from home. Uh, and it was goals from Danny Griffiths uh, and then Robbie Maggs handing them a, a yeah, 2 0 victory away at Caution. Canesham Town, they were at home to Carn Town. Absolutely, and it was Canesham, uh, a 5 1 win in front of a three figure crowd, uh, which is good to see. Ben Bamant's been a pretty good signing for them. Uh, scored, uh, I think it was scored on his home debut last week, uh, and now he's added a hat trick, uh, a 5 1 win, as I say, over Khan. Uh, yeah, uh, Matt Long had given uh, Canesham a lead before uh, Bamant got stuck in, scoring a hat trick, um, and then Carl Box, uh, having a good season himself, uh, he finished the scoring. Uh, yeah, and made it 5 1, uh, and that's how Canesham finished them off. Malmesbury, Victoria. They were at home to Wincanton Town. Yeah, Malmesbury taking this one to Sirencester's ground, I believe, Corinium Stadium, which is where they're supposed to be playing, uh, at least on Monday night, maybe a little bit more over the next few weeks, and have had some issues with their ground. Um, yeah, didn't, didn't pay off for them uh, on Saturday evening. It was an evening kickoff, and uh, yeah, Wincanton coming coming from behind to, to win 3-1. Uh, it was Joe Tranter who'd put Malmesbury ahead, uh, but then goals from Andy Mitchell uh, on the half hour to equalise it before goals from Darren Shearer and Dan Wise uh, in the second half completed the turnaround in a 3-1 win for Wincanton. Now, nothing to see between <coughs> Oldland Abertonians and Bishops Lydiard. Nope, defence is very much on top there and, yeah, goalless draw between those two. Perhaps the, the, the best thing about that game was that it was on because mm. Oldland the Abertonians, yes, yeah. yeah, they look set to sort of carry on their season Whoa. until September at this rate. So, um, um, anyway, I'm sure they were pleased to actually get a game. Yep. Portis, which, which is more than can be said for mm. Portishead against yeah. Welton Rovers. That game didn't beat the weather. Um, now then, Radstock Town, they took on Bristol Telephones. Yeah, and it was all about James Rustle this one he's had an incredible season uh, he's up into the top scorer um, charts for the first division I think he's up into second place now uh, and he scored four for Radstock in this one uh, two late penalties um, helped uh, but yeah he was he was very much the star turn it was actually Bristol Telephones who went ahead uh, following a header from Leon Britton uh, but then Jack Biddiscombe equalised uh, from long range with a free kick uh, and then Rustle scored his four uh, yeah uh, Radstock comprehensive five on winners over Bristol Telephones 
I'm delighted to welcome back to the Tool Station Western League podcast Shane Smith, the manager of Radstock Town. Um, thanks very much for taking the time to speak to us, Shane. Um, but on a, on, a, on a slightly sour note, I'm going to have to start off by asking you about the vandalism that happened at Southfield's Recreation Ground uh, at the weekend, um, just ahead of your game against Bristol Telephones. Um, I understand that um, your ground was broken into and a car was driven across the pitch. Yes, yeah, absolutely devastated. Um, Friday evening, we spent a considerable amount of time preparing the pitch, um, and Simon, our chairman, spent four or five hours making sure that it was in a very good condition for us for us to play on. And um, absolutely devastated when I had a phone call from him early Saturday morning, and um, the, the sort of despair to start with uh, was it was it was just absolutely shocking shocking altogether well it's a testament to the volunteers at the club that actually the game against Bristol Telephones on Saturday um, was able to go ahead obviously the referee declared the pitch um, playable and um, it certainly didn't seem to upset the the team's rhythm because you won 5-1 we we did and and, um, I think you're you're correct that the work that was carried out prior to the game um, was was trying to repair uh, the damage that was caused by by the car um, it was absolutely outstanding effort from everyone really to get to get the game on and and, and in, in the end the referee uh, Brian Lee who officiated that game said that we've done a, a great job actually and then the pitch was in very good condition. Well, you, you're, we've spoken about it before on the podcast, but you're a team that likes to, um, you know, you're a team that likes to play football. Um, so obviously, having, um, you know, having had this damage to the pitch prior to the match, could have um, could have put you at a considerable disadvantage. But 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 clearly, it, it didn't actually affect. Um, well, I'm assuming it didn't affect your game on the day. No, no, it, that, that, that's that's why I think you know Simon spent so much time on the pitch on, on Friday evening, and he took a day off of work to to prepare for the pitch. Um, so that um, with the condition, you know, we have a slight advantage if the pitches are, are very good and they're drying out because it suits the style of football we we, we try to uh, play in it um, at this level. Now, I, I want to talk to you a bit about that because what, one of the things that always strikes me when I look at your results every week, and I do keep an eye out um, um, for your results, I mean, you're doing very well at the moment, we should say. You're, you're, um, you're, you're up to fifth in the table. But it does feel, and I'm sure it does for many of your supporters, that you are consistently inconsistent. Do, do you think that perhaps because you like to play football, when you come up against some of the more physical sides in the league, you, you, that can be your undoing? I think that's right, really, because um, majority of our players have all come from um, your know, academy levels, and um, they will um, take considerable more time to um, to adapt to the style, style of football. But uh, for as long as I'm at Radstock, I've got a sort of style of football that I like to play myself. Coming from professional football myself, you try to um, you know what I've learned from from other managers like. You know Tony Pulis and 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 Jerry Francis, those type of managers, whereby they they portray a certain level of, of football, and and you take bits and pieces off of them and put it into your stamp on your team. And our players like the way we 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 set out to play, and I think if players enjoy the way um, they like to play, they'll they'll come back and play for you week in and week out. Um, I mentioned just now that you are. Um 
uh, you're currently in fifth. You're, you're fighting um, for fourth. The, the, it's very interesting um, to see how the, 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 the first division table is, is grouped at the moment um, because that fight for fourth place really is um, it's, a, it's a battle within a, within a battle. Do, do you see that the top three sides in the division, who are all obviously in the, in the fight for promotion at the moment, um, are that much further ahead of the rest of the teams in the first division and, and, and is your quest this season to be the best of the rest? I, I think so. I think um, we, we still have to play um, Westbury and um, and Kingsham, um ourselves, but I think they probably are a little bit in front of everybody else, really, with the, with the squads that they've managed to put together throughout the season. Uh, probably um, are the best three. Um, in and probably by considerable way as well, to be honest. And they've those three are are the best um, in our league. So yes, I agree. Um, fourth spot is what we we're trying to aim for for an FA Cup um, position, which is what um, the chairman wanted us to set out from at the start. So um, that's still on track at the minute. Yes, absolutely right. That was certainly the target that you discussed with me um, uh, when we spoke earlier uh, in this season. So, with that in mind, you're, you're very much in the mix for that. So, does that, as far as you're concerned, looking looking at the season so far, um, and bearing in mind you you nearly have a quarter of your season left to play in in little over a month, but perhaps we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, but but are you happy with the progress that your side have made this season? I think so. I I think we've got some very talented players that are playing and very happy to have them with us at the club um, and um, the development hopefully we can keep developing and then you know maybe next season we could be one of those three that are, are pushing for, for promotion because I know that's what the, the club would like to do it um, you have to have everything in place that, um, that so that when you uh, do gain promotion you um, you're able to to, to be a club that can stay there for a considerable time because over the years we've seen the likes of say Hangrove come up and down, Wellington come up and down so it is very difficult when you go into that Premier Division stability in that division is key When we did um, speak uh, last time I think, I think it was around October and at the start of the season, um, you'd been playing two games a week. You'd been playing weekend and midweek. And I know that at the time you expressed um, a degree of frustration that, that there was an awful lot of games coming quickly. Indeed, um, the best part of 30 games you played before Christmas. Given, given the appalling weather we've had since Christmas, um, do, you, do you feel that that was... Um, has, has that decision to front-load the season in that way been somewhat vindicated? I, I think that um, the way... Uh, the structure of the league has has panned out. That's probably been the right way. You can never foresee the, the weather, and nobody really wants to be playing the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, which everybody seems to have to do now to get um, to get the fixtures uh, fulfilled. And, and it becomes a little bit of a lottery with what players you've got available um, from each each game. So that's not ideal. But when you play, um, at sometimes that happens. You can never, you can never foresee um, how the weather is uh, going to um, to sort of portray throughout, throughout the season. We've been unlucky. I think it's been very frustrating this year. Very frustrating because at Christmas we were um, in, a, in second position, and I felt that we, we've since then lost a lot of momentum through the amount of games we've had called off. Playing one game and having three called off is. Young team, an experienced side, 
has affected them in quite a big way. Yeah, you've had the worst of both worlds, really, haven't you? You've had um, you know, a large number of games to play at the beginning of the season where yeah. injuries and suspensions can really um, t- take a toll. And then, of course, because of the weather, you've, had a, you know, you've got a quarter of your season to play in effectively a calendar month, which is, um, which is, which is not ideal. But, I mean, I, I, get the inc- I get the impression from your tone in this interview, you're quite bullish about the challenge and, um, and still you know, yeah. don't, don't necessarily feel that it's going to hinder you in that quest for fourth. No, um, I think I mean we've, we have a, um, a game this evening against Bristol Telephones, which is a, which is like a reverse fixture from from Saturday, and then we have a huge game um, to play against Cheddar, which will be uh, you know maybe a swing if we can win, because I think maybe if we could win that one, we could then look to seal that fourth spot. I think we can. It's going to be a big game Saturday. Absolutely. I mean, you've got some cracking games coming up, haven't you? I mean, you mentioned already that you're playing Canesham, um and uh, playing Westbury. And, of course, I think that, that game against Cheddar, that's always keenly contested because, you know, the, the two sides aren't a million miles away from each other geographically. And, and then towards the end of, the, um, of the, the season, at the moment, the penultimate game is that Coalfield Classico against Welton Rovers. I'm, and I'm sure that that's a mouth-watering prospect, not least because Welton are also fighting it out at the top of the table with you. That's right. I mean, it was unfortunate with um, Good Friday, the weather went against, went against us, but it is because as, as a football club and as a manager and players, we want to be involved in, in playing in big games. And like we've just said, we're listing those teams. We're still involved in playing those teams. And we have Bishop Sutton the last game of the season. So that, that in itself, again, uh, we, we're looking for. And the players will enjoy playing against and Westbury, if they are going, one of those teams going to be um, champions, then we would go out and do our utmost best to want to win those games. So I, I know the players are already um, looking forward to playing. Yeah, well, um, Shane, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to us. And I think we, we started on a bit of a downer, so I'm, I'd like to finish on a, you know, a, another word of praise for, 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 for people like Simon Wilkinson at, at your club, who, who, who work so hard um, to get the games on. And you know, the, the damage that we saw, the vandalism, um, was a real kick in the teeth for their efforts. That these incidents are not isolated; they, they've happened at places like Portishead and Cribs in the Western League this season. And of course, what people don't really appreciate is that that the hours the many hours of unpaid work that volunteers are putting in to get these games of western league football on and i think we should take this opportunity to sort of pay tribute to that work because you know without them you wouldn't have a team to manage and i wouldn't have a podcast to talk about <laughs> absolutely right yeah and, and also the cost as well the cost to, you know for repairing damage this vandalism and you know you know that it, we grassroots level there is not a lot of money for teams and clubs to be able to find extra costs so you know that that was a frustrating thing because you know it could have been worse we were lucky we thought we you know, we could have it could have been worse and and we could have been paying thousands of pounds out on our pitch which would have been an absolute, it could have, would have been, you know, destroyed really, you know, for us. So very frustrating, but we got the game in and hopefully uh, we've done a little bit more work on the pitch since and um, it's looking a lot better now. Excellent. Shane, thank you very much for your time. And uh, Sherbourne Town, they took on Chippenham Park. Yeah, um, 
Chippenham Park in really good form. I know they ended last season really well, and we sort of picked them out as a team to watch this season. Probably didn't quite go as they wanted over the first half of the season, but they're finishing well again. I think that's now six games without defeat for them. Uh, a 5-2 victory away at Sherborne. Uh, two goals from Aaron Legister. Uh, there was an own goal as well in there, as well as uh, and also goals from Ben Pring and Jamie Cunning. Yeah, 5-2 triumph away at Sherborne. Chippenham have been good in, in good form, haven't they, in recent so. weeks? Yeah. Um, Moving up the table. Now, another team that's been in good form in recent weeks is Roman Glass and George, and they were away to Warminster Town. Yeah, they were. Uh, another hat trick uh, for, for one of the top sides, and it was Ryan Radford uh, for, for them. A uh, 25th league goal of. Uh, 25th league win of the campaign for Roman Glass 4-2 victors uh, they ran out Jake Cox uh, had also scored before half time with Charlie Walton uh, and James Bowden uh, then striking performance to be yeah, very much Ryan Radford's uh, game there uh, Roman Glass running out 4-2 winners so that concludes the, um, the fixtures that were played on Saturday the 7th of April now we'll have a look ahead at uh, midweek well, given when this podcast is going to air, um, we won't worry too much about the games on Monday the 9th of April because they'll have already happened. But um, if you are listening to this on Tuesday the 10th of April, then um, you need to know that in the Premier Division there are four games, Tom. Indeed, uh, yeah, on Tuesday evening, uh, all 7.30 kickoffs on Tuesday. We've got Bitten versus Hengrove, Brislington uh, versus Oddown, Bradford travel to take on Cabra Heath, uh, and then finally it's Bottom V Top as well, City take on Street. And in the First Division, Almondsbury take on Roman Glass and George, Bristol Telephones take on Radstock, Carn Town take on Ashton and Backwell, Corsham Town take on Canesham Town, Devizes Town entertain Chard and Wing Canton take on Oldland Abertonians. All of those games are a 7.30 kick-off, with the exception of Carn Town against Ashton Backwell, which is 7.45. Now, we've got um, a few games on Wednesday, the 11th of April. Of April. Um, three games in the Premier Division, Tom. Yeah, we've got Bridport, Buckland, uh, Wellington, Melksham and Willand Halland. Those are all 7.30 kick-offs. And then also on Wednesday evening in the First Division, we've got the game uh, between Westbury and Weldon, which is also a 7.30 kick-off, fingers crossed. Now then, on Thursday the 12th of April, four games in the Premier Division. That's Bitten against Shepton Mallet, Clevedon Town, no, Bitten against Shepton Mallet, Chipping Sudbury Town against Cadbury Heath, Clevedon Town against Street, and Hengrove Athletic take on Brislington. That's something of a derby. All of those games are kicking off at 7.30 and five in the First Division. Indeed. Uh, so yeah, Thursday evening, uh, Bishop Sutton versus Chard, uh, Cheddar they travel to take on Devizes, got Malmesbury versus uh, Bristol Telephones, uh, Porter's Head hosting Ashton and Backway United, and then finally on Thursday, uh, 7.45 kick-off as opposed to the 7.30s, we've got Oldland Abertonians travelling to take on Wollinster. Right then, now we don't normally do this, oh. but of course we will today because of the sheer number of fixtures. We move on to our second piece of paper. Absolutely. When I say our second piece of paper, listeners, Tom is the author, of course, mm-hmm. of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin, which you can find on the Western League website. And uh, today we have nearly two pages mm-hmm. worth of fixtures. And mm-hmm. these are the fixtures on Saturday, the 14th of April. And a pretty full roster there in the Premier Division, Tom. Yeah, fingers crossed for the weather as, as, as we've seen pretty good weekend just passed so fingers crossed for more of the same as I say uh, we've got Bradford versus Wells Bridgewater Town hope to get back in good form they've host Melksham we've got Bridport versus Hengrove uh, Brislington host Chipping Sodbury Buckland are at home to Hallen we've got Willen travelling to take on Cadbury Heath uh, Clevedon take on Longwell Green Sports Odd Down are away at Shepton Mallet uh, we've got Street versus Cribs and finally Wellington versus Bitten 
And in the first division, Bishop's Lydiard take on Corsham Town, Bristol Telephones take on Canesham, Chard Town entertain Carn Town, Oldland Abertonians take on Malmesbury Victoria, Portishead Town take on Wincanton Town, Radstock Town take on Cheddar, Roman Glass St George take on Bishop Sutton, Welton Rovers entertain Warminster Town, and Westbury United entertain Sherborne Town at home. And that is the uh, that is the full list now. We could go back over the whole um, over the whole week, Tom. I think we, we normally discipline ourselves by just looking at the games on the um, on the Saturday. Anything there particularly tickle your fancy? Just quickly scanning over the the Premier Division for, for the upcoming weekend. I think Melksham's trip to to Bridgewater will have pretty um, uh, pretty important at the top of the table, uh, and likewise. Uh, how Kane should get on away from home because they're the only of the top three uh, on their travels uh, on Saturday afternoon. So yeah, Roman Glass and George and Westbury probably favourites, big favourites in their game. So yeah, probably the most pressure on Kane this coming Saturday. And that is a local, that is a derby, isn't it? I mean, Kensham and yeah. Telephone's not a million miles away yeah. from each other geographically, so Kensham, we've seen, have got fantastic support, so there could be a big crowd uh, yeah. at the phones for that one. Uh, well, I'm drawn to street cribs on Saturday because I think if the, um, if the weather gods are ha- uh, kind to us, then mathematically I believe that's the game that could seal the, um, the Premier Division. I think we'll have to wait and see mm. exactly how much football is played between now and then, but I think mathematically that could be the game um, that Street um, need to secure the title of the Premier Division. Down into the First Division, Radstock, Cheddar. There's two sides yeah. going very well, yeah. not separated by a huge amount of distance either, so it's got that, that derby edge. Um, fifth, yeah, so uh, so that I, actually, I'm, I'm glad I've reminded myself about, about Cheddar because um, I, I like to follow our member clubs on social media and I have talked about this in the past. I've heaped praise on um, certainly Welton Rovers for, for what I consider to be an excellent Twitter feed. Cheddar are another one of those sides that I would put right up there. I think that, uh, that their Facebook page is absolutely excellent. A great way of um, uh, communicating what's going on at the club, both on and off the pitch. So um, hats off to them. And I think a creditable mention while we're going into this orgy of marketing um, for Hengrove as well. I think they're another another side that does a fantastic job of, um, of letting the fans know what they're all about. So um, a little mention there. Now then, we move into our parish notices section, which is going to be um, relatively short and sweet um, um, this week. And I think we'll have a look at the monthly awards, Tom. And I'm going to let you do this, because normally the parish notices section is, is one that I jealously guard myself. But over to you. I will join in. Um, yeah, monthly awards for the month of March. So, yeah, obviously not a whole heap of football played, but, but enough uh, to hand out our awards. And so in Premier Division, uh, team of the month for, for March goes to Street, surprisingly. Uh, and then in the First Division, we've got newly is Roman Glass and George so they win that award uh, the Safe Hands Award uh, goes to Tom Punchard of Street I don't believe that's the first time he's won that this season so congratulations to Tom uh, and the Respect Award uh, that goes to Caution for the month of March good name for a goalkeeper as well isn't Absolutely. it I hope I've not been stitched up again. No, you, I don't think you were stitched up the last time. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. If, um, yes. So I like the yeah, goalkeeper's names. Yeah, I'm very, very, very happy to yeah, see that Tom's doing well. Um, we, we, uh, we, did the, we did the scorers, I think, last week, so we won't worry too, sure. much, um, too much about them um, this week. But we will have a look at the, the league tables because things are hotting up. Do you want to take us away in the, um, in the uh, uh, Premier Division? Absolutely. So, yeah, as we know, street, top of the table, 30 games played, so... 
uh, eight to go, uh, and they have 80 points. Uh, we've got Bradford uh, now in second. They've played 31. They're on 65 points. Uh, third spot is uh, Willand Rovers. They've moved up a, up a position. That's 29 games played, 64 points, so a point behind Bradford. Uh, two games in hand. Uh, and then in fourth, we've got Melksham. 31 games played. Uh, they're on 63 points, so only two points covering second and second to fourth. Uh, and then also, quick mention to Buckland, still in fifth. Uh, still only 26 games played, but yeah, so a couple of games in hand, and they're on 53 points. So yeah, plenty of wins needed for them to catch up. Uh, down towards the bottom, <coughs> got Wales City. They've played 32. Uh, they're on 10 points. Uh, Longwell Green Sports, obviously a poor defeat on the weekend, unfortunately for them. They're also played 32, and they have 16 points. Uh, and then Cadbury Heath pulled away a little bit. 27 games played, and they have 24 points. So five games in hand on the two below them. As I say, I think probably uh, a little bit lower than they, they they may be come the end of the season. So yeah, that's how things stand in the Premier Division. And in the First Division, um, Roman Glass lead the way. They've played 37. They're on 82 points. In second place, Westbury United. They've played 36, 79 points. And then Canesham Town. They've played 36, 78. Uh, points, so they're those three well, well out in front, and then there's a real chasing pack um, and a huge discrepancy um, in the in the next um, group of uh, teams because um, at one end in eighth you've got Chippenham Park who've played 39 games more than anybody else yeah. in the league in the, in that division, and um, uh, they've um, um, they've got 50 points. Radstock Town and Cheddar, and that was a game that we were previewing um, only a few moments. Ago, Redstock have, play, have played 31, they've got 55 points. Cheddar have played 30, they've got 52 points. So, first division really, there's everything to play for. You know, there's a huge bunching. Any side that goes on a good run towards the end of the season could really um, have a good, solid top half finish. So, um, um, everything to play for for those um, for those FA Cup places as well. And then down at the bottom, Warminster Town, four points adrift, um, played 35, they've got 23 points. Just above them, Portishead. They've played 34 and they've got 27 points, and then three points above them, Sherbourne played 35 uh, and they've got 30 points. Still very close with the teams around there as well. So well worth having a look at the league tables if you get a chance. Still plenty to play for in the first division, but it does look like the um, the championship will be well. It's going to be taken virtually to the end of the mm-hmm. season, I think, between yeah. Roman Glass, Westbury, and Kenji. You couldn't ask for a, no. for a, um, a more outstanding finishing. If it, if it is likely that only two guys up from the first division then uh, that is going to leave one of those three sides yeah. bitterly disappointed um, um, but that's the game of football isn't mm-hmm. it at the end of the day I mean the other statistic actually I think I will call out is that both Roman Glass and Kane have already yeah. scored um over a hundred goals into three each. figures, yeah, and uh, that's a feat that even even Street haven't managed. Mm. So, um, so yeah, definitely those are the two attacks to watch. But then if we look at Westbury, just twenty four goals conceded, so they're very much doing it on the defensive, stingy side. at the back, absolutely, and they're yeah. yeah very much in the race. But I'm absolutely fascinated to see how this plays out. Absolutely right. Now, and um, we have been reviewing your bulletin, of course. Can mm. the listeners read that on the Westerly website? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's on the homepage, uh, and then also uh, along the one of the tabs along the bottom top uh, you can yeah check out the bulletin in yeah word and pdf format and um also have you got your article mm. into this week's non-league paper yes yeah premier division uh, 175 words i think it was on on the uh, yeah premier division games just gone past and plenty of games went ahead so yeah uh, pretty full this week excellent Th- tom thank you very much for your time You're welcome. and uh, well I-, I should look forward to speaking to you yeah. next week well i'm sure that my cold would have developed 
into something that's pretty horrendous, <laughs> and uh, at least you won't have to. In fact, you'll probably have one by then because you're oh, sat yeah. next to me now. But you won't be a week in a week's time. That's the good news for you. Hopefully, you'll be able to convalesce in, in, at a distance. But anyway, listeners, you have been listening to another Tool Station Westernly podcast. <laughs>